Hello, everyone. This is Sal from the Cryptocurrency Informer. Welcome to our podcast. Each episode, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Our guest today is Edward Kelso, CEO of CoinFugazi. Edward has thousands of articles published through various news organizations and has been covering every facet of the cryptocurrency ecosystem for years. We'll be discussing cryptocurrency from his perspective as an experienced crypto journalist and talking about his journey to inform the masses about what cryptocurrency really is. Kelso, as you like to be called, thank you very much for being here today. Sal, man, it's, it's, it really is an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So as I mentioned, you are currently the CEO of CoinFugazi. You have quite the history. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your personal history, your work history in the crypto space? And then um, we'll talk a little bit about your current venture with CoinFugazi. Yeah, I think um, like a lot of people uh, that come into cryptocurrency, uh, we're, we're kind of a motley crew and we have a varied background. Uh, that definitely applies to me. Uh, stumbled into crypto. Geez, the, the story changes. So if crypto prices are going up, I stumble into it earlier to make myself look good. And then if crypto prices are going down, you know, I do the verse. Um, you know, I would say about 2013-ish or so, um, I start to hear more and more about it through cranky libertarian circles. Okay. Um, what would be... Uh, like, I, I guess like the Mises Institute, uh, there was a fellow there uh, who's since gone on to other things, but his name is Jeffrey Tucker. And he was kind of known as sort of the, the, the tech evangelist of, of this uh, rather um, smug, uh, old world, uh, last night of liberalism kind of uh, anarcho-capitalist <laughs> outpost hmm. and uh, he he stumbled into bitcoin too and there was a lot of consternation a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth about whether this was legitimate you know, all the stuff everybody's heard a million times and tucker just kept plodding through it and as he did and and being a fan of his work uh, he sort of brought me through it and at the time i was working uh in the gourmet seafood industry as a director of operations believe it or not for a restaurant and decided well this will be interesting and tried to approach the owners there with uh, uh, the possibility of offering bitcoin as a as a, a payment solution and so on and uh, it was just i just kind of went from there how, how did the uh, owners of the restaurant uh, take that idea they were just crazy enough to entertain it for a second and I think it was one of the notorious crashes that um, that year that uh, that disabused them of that notion. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and my my, I you know I I I really don't want to trust my memory, but I remember <laughs> them being excited about it, and then the price collapsed, and there were there really was no infrastructure at the time to, you know, no stable coins, no it was it was very bare bones. And uh, a lot of, you know, hand-holding and so on. It just seemed like too much trouble for them, ultimately. But it was my first sort of foray into that. And then I think, as you know, probably in your life, if you have any kind of, you know, obscure technological uh, knowledge, you become kind of the iPhone guy or mm. the Bitcoin guy. Yeah, and especially so for those that have zero idea. Um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a nice, powerful thing, right? Like if you're around somebody that doesn't know anything about computers and you know, like even like the most basic keyboard shortcut or something, you're like a computer whiz all of a sudden. 
<laughs> That's perfect. Uh, it's exactly. So I became the Bitcoin guy and I knew absolutely nothing about Bitcoin at the time uh, other, than, uh, other than some of the economics uh, around it. So I uh, just kind of stayed involved, um, popping in and out. Uh, my career, I'd always had an interest in journalism, began writing uh, uh, for some of those crankier uh, libertarian sites. Um, probably the most well-known would be the... Um, uh, fee.org, uh, very well-respected uh, uh, free market um, uh, think tank organization. Writing for them, writing for uh, antiwar.com, uh, Libertarian Institute, you, you sort of get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I have these kind of weird free market anarcho-capitalist ideas and everything's kind of sort of fusing uh, with, uh, with uh, the rise of, of, of then uh, BTC Bitcoin and a little bit later, Ethereum and some of the other projects that sort of stumble out of it. And um, yeah, I get picked up by Bitcoin.com News uh, just before the 2017 bull run. So maybe two or three months before then. And um, wow, um, that was <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the things you'll, you'll tell your, your, you know, your great grandkids. Um, uh, I, I don't want to say exactly how much I was paid, but I was paid very well <laughs> at the start. And this is, again, they had oodles. They had, they had more money than they know what to do with it. Right. Time. And uh, so I was paid very well, um, even by journalistic standards. And uh, all of a sudden, I noticed in my treasure, hard, you know, uh, cold wallet, rather, um, m- every month my salary triples. And friends are kind of half paying attention to Bitcoin. It's, it's sort of seeping its way into the news, into the general consciousness of, of sort of the average person. Yeah. <laughs> and again, being the Bitcoin guy, like, Kelso's a genius, this guy. And, and he knows about Mises and economics and God, he has all the answers. And it was really funny because they would ask me why the price of Bitcoin was going up. And uh, my wife, of course, thought I was the, the she had made the perfect choice in a mate. Uh, for all the other faults he had, uh, you know, this guy was just making bank yeah. hand over fist. And I had to confess, you know, rather early because I was getting so much praise and, oh, oh this, guy, this guy knows you got to listen to him. Um, I was like, okay, I have no idea why this is going up. <laughs> I mean, I have some guesses, uh, but I'm, I'm fairly certain this is not going to end well. And, um, at the time, uh, uh, the, the, they started a podcast, um, or they, had, I guess Bitcoin.com had always had a podcast, but they put a little bit more resources into the podcast sector. And the gentleman there, uh, Matt Aaron, who I think you had on a guest mm-hmm. uh, on, on another show, um, he asked me to guest host with him. And we began, you know, our journey of, you know, the audio side. I was doing the journalism side, covering the entire space while everything was going up and uh, periodically he and I would talk and he would say, so what, so what are you doing with your, with your, uh, your filthy gains here? And I said, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm cashing out brother. <laughs> this is too crazy for me. And you know, I'd been around a little while. So uh, these markets going up and down and fluctuating and stuff, it's hard to explain, but there's something in the human mind where, there's a certain amount of time where it becomes 
either routine for you, uh, true for you, or that it's always going to be this way for you. And I, you know, whether that's a diet you're on, whether that's, you know, a religious view you have, or in this case, speculation, you believe, well, you know, I got in at 4,000 or whatever most people in 2017 were getting in at, and it's going up every day, a thousand dollars, you know, in some cases, two, $3,000, you're thinking, well, it's always going to go this way. And these are a lot of noob people. It's the most wonderful thing about crypto. And also the, the scariest part is that you get people who don't know anything about markets, investing, speculation, and they just jump in because they can, there's no accredited investors. There's sort of the usual gatekeepers, which again, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's what makes it wonderful, but it's also what makes it horrifying because then (laughs) I had to write the stories about the dude, you know, cashing in all of his money, selling his house and moving his family to an island to live off Bitcoin. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if that's a great idea, brother. But he looked, he looked like I look like a genius, you know, for a couple months there. Uh, he had the right idea. And, yeah. Uh, and then there's the stories about uh, the people who didn't realize they had to pay capital gains on those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, actually taxes. right around that time. Right. So the coin bases <laughs> of the world and some others start getting uh, knock knocks uh, on their doors. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so, so much to talk about, but um, I was right there in the middle of that, uh, you know, what is now, I guess, historic run and then the historic collapse and watching everything kind of fall apart um, in 2018. And that the psychology of all of that, Sal, it changes a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I just so happen to have majored in psychology in college. So let's talk about it. <laughs> no, but really, so, I mean, you kind of started, I mean, that's a great, you know, kind of uh, primer into how you got into crypto and, and the history of it. Now, a lot of it was uh, political and philosophical with the kind of the libertarian, you kept saying, you mm-hmm. know, cranky libertarian stuff. So did that always remain like, was there always for you a like philosophical political aspect of cryptocurrency, like down with traditional banking systems. Is that something that stuck with you? Is that like an accurate representation of it? Or, you know, let's talk a little bit about that side of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's the hardest thing to explain sometimes when um, you have to kind of keep your crazy um, side, you know, suppressed when you're mm-hmm. speaking to noobs, uh, people who are, who are new to cryptocurrency, because the last thing you want to do is start telling them, yeah, man, we've got to get rid of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> they just yeah. want to know how to work a wallet. You know yeah. what I mean? They want to... <laughs> so where, where do I get the, the, this Bitcoin thing? And then I'm telling them, about, well, you know, you understand that the, this is the root of all evil and we have they, foreign they wars. They print money. <laughs> <laughs> you can be your own bank and um, all this other stuff. So I have to kind of keep the crazy to the side, but it, it is definitely a motivating factor. Um, and it's the, it, it, it feeds kind of what you begin to realize the more you're into cryptocurrency is that you map, uh, this is such a cliche, but I, I swear to you, it's true. You map on to crypto what you want it to be. So I have, and the reason I'm so confident in saying that is that I've had discussions where I'm like, wait a second, is this guy a socialist? And he's on my side of things. You know, he loves cryptocurrency. He loves, but he, he wants to bring, you know, equality and, 
and social justice to the world. But I'm like, what are you talking about? We're, we're talking about smashing the banking industry here. We're <laughs> right. And he's there too, but he's, and he's just as, just as knowledgeable, if not, I should say more in, in most cases. Um, well, smashing the, smashing the banking industry is kind of a socialist uh, mentality, right? Down right, with the right. man and help, help the little guys kind of a socialist <laughs> mentality. And that's a, also kind of, I guess, a, a libertarian mentality overall is to just down with the man. Yep. Don't, you know, don't let the man get in my face. Let me do my thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And so we meet on some of these levels, but you also have... Um, I remember in the initial pitch when we were talking about uh, coming on, you, you guys mentioned something about it was hot back then uh, before we could get a date to record, but you were talking about the, the, the Twitter hack. Mm-hmm. Well, it, Bitcoin is, is kind of what anybody, so basically just math, right? It's just um, ethereal numbers mm-hmm. and really it is whatever you want it to be and however you want to use it. So for some people, they're going to use it for, you know, terrorism and and heroin mm-hmm. other people are going to use it to help people in the south sudan build uh, uh build villages or, or feed people in venezuela and other people are going to buy uh, trinkets with it it's just whatever you want it to be and so that um i have to sometimes reel that back in my my personal crazy um simply because it it, it can be a turnoff um, as people, so people don't just have to buy into the tech, they have to buy into this whole worldview. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a real lesson that I I've had to learn. Um, that isn't to say that, that Bitcoin is completely apolitical and a historical and so on. But, uh, for the most part, I, I think it, it is kind of what we want it to be. It's very subjective. I would say the majority of people I talked to, we, we would agree on the fact that we want crypto in general to succeed we want it to be more mainstream and if you're trying to get this type of person this investor type of person into cryptocurrency then you talk about hey you can make some good money investing into the right cryptocurrencies and if you want to get this libertarian into it you can say hey you know you hate the fed printing money and you hate how traditional banking systems are then you can get into cryptocurrency and if you want to you know get somebody who wants to help the world get into it you can say hey well this is a currency that's stable uh, um, and can help countries that don't have a stable currency and so it's a really good way to reach out to all these different audiences um, and to get them to believe in crypto as well man i wish i had said that you yeah you, you do you have to you have to kind of meet them where they are and um that took me a while um i'm not particularly evangelical uh just by traits uh, by personality traits. So you're talking about the psychology of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. There's some people who <clears throat> you literally cannot have dinner. Uh, you cannot go to a restaurant without them, you know, dominating the conversation with the the server or the waitress or waiter and them saying, look, you know, do you guys accept crypto? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're just trying to have a nice dinner or, or anywhere <laughs> that they're at really. And, you know, God bless those people. You know, right. they, there's, there's a certain amount of, there's, it's, but I'm not, usually that guy that's like um, i always say about uh you know i'm 33 years old and i always say about like the younger generation that you know they could be really annoying but they're gonna change the world right like just like those people that are at the diner talking about cryptocurrency it may be extremely annoying but it may be what we need in order to get that kind of like uh mainstream adoption yeah you just again you have to you have to have that kind of work out there um meetups and and in the flesh uh, there's a uh, 
it's not really a phenomenon anymore, but it started for a little while where people were um, eh, not buying storefronts, but like leasing like a, a WeWork or, or some sort of space. And they were turning that into like little Bitcoin embassies and you can go in there and, you know, ask stupid questions and stuff. The, the, the value of that is, is incalculable because online everything's so 2d every, you know, so static and you kind of get shouted down and um, yes, whereas in, in real life you, you'll, you know, sit there and fuddle with the phone and go, Oh, oh I press that. Okay. So what's, what's obvious to you is maybe not obvious to other people and so on. Um, but yeah, when you, you have to kind of allow people to make their own, um, I guess, narrative story as to what crypto means to them. So if you can, if you can allow for that, then ultimately you bring more people over, I, I believe, at least in my experience. So let me ask you this, as a, and this is a great conversation so far. And so let me ask you, as a journalist, right, as somebody who has done a lot in the journalism industry, I mean, I know you kind of have a multitude of titles, but as somebody who has written many an article, do you try to target people that are more like you were saying noobs? Or are you trying to, when you're writing an article, to target somebody who, who knows more about what you're writing about? Are you trying to um, find that sweet spot or how's that work? That's just, that's a fantastic question. Um, it is a struggle all the time. So with Bitcoin.com, there was such a huge, I mean, at one point, I don't want to dip into their proprietary knowledge, but uh, they've made it public. They were getting something like 10 million views a month or something crazy. Wow. Um, and so it wasn't unusual for an article of mine to get 250,000 views, be shared all over the world. Um, you have to write, I guess, where you're, so there's, there's a yin yang sort of, where does it start? Where does it begin? Um, you have to write where your audience is, of course. And then there's always the sort of maxing out your demo. So if, if you're attracting a certain type of person, uh, that's good or bad. Depend. So I guess the classic example would be like Seinfeld, the um, situation comedy, where it wasn't exactly doing fantastic numbers, but it was reaching, I'm going to make up the demo. It was reaching, um, you know, white males between the ages of 25 and 35. And those are the guys who buy, you know, the Mercedes and they, you know, so there's this delicate balance between appealing to everyone which can sometimes almost become theological and you ultimately appeal to no one mm -hmm. or you get too niche and you mm -hmm. get too specific so i do struggle with it um i moved on from bitcoin news and i was picked up by a uh, niche within a niche within a niche site named coinspice.io and this was a um very so you want to talk about cranky libertarians uh these were cranky cryptocurrency on the currency side so if you started talking about blockchain or you know digital gold or whatever they they would become extremely upset and this was all about medium of exchange that bitcoin should be something for for you know money for the world and transaction fees should be very cheap and times should be fast and block sizes should be raised to I guess, allow for both. And so I did that really up until a few weeks ago um, mm. with uh, coinspice.io. And that was a, the question you asked was extremely hard to um, find that sweet spot. So uh, my wife sometimes would pop on the website. She goes, you know, I read the article 
and I, it's written well, I guess. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I get that with about like probably 95% of my podcasts. Uh, you know, I try and get family and friends to listen to them and they're just like, yeah, you know, I listened. I listened a little bit. Good job. Great job. <laughs> I have no idea, you know, and I'm trying, and, and I think of them as I'm doing these things. And that's kind of why I ask you, I mean, we, we've both created things that we're trying to get to audiences and it is tough because crypto is complex. I mean, cryptocurrency is certainly complex. The more you get into it, I mean, it can be simplified, but certain things talking about certain things, I mean, even like block sizes and just like the math behind cryptocurrency in general is it's a complex thing to understand. So it, it is tough to um, figure out that sweet spot. Yeah, I have my own, I have my own language now, my own vernacular uh, that I walk around with and sometimes try to have, you know, someone will ask me what I'm doing for a living or, so what are you working on now, Kelso? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, uh, the difficulty uh, adjustment algorithm, boy, it's ACERT versus Grassberg. And right now the drift time is really up in the air. So we're looking at coin emissions and they're just like, what are you talking about? And I, I have to stop myself and go, okay, a lot of guys don't like each other and they're fighting over stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know how to, how else to put it, you know, but like um, that is a nice segue into Coin Fugazi, my, my latest project in the subtitle of it or sort of the tagline for Coin Fugazi is no one understands crypto. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, I, I was mean, going to ask that. Not yeah. to interrupt, but no, it, go. So I was reading a little bit of what you had on Coin Fugazi, and and I know one of your recent oh, oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. Bitcoin Cash, um, and, mm. and kind of what's going on there between you know like BCH, ABC, and and as gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. To, basically, that's just the latest example, right? Mm. Um, the Bitcoin Cash. Uh, we're talking in uh, in mid uh, 2020 now, and there's yet more talk about a split. Um, which, uh, you know, <laughs> that in itself becomes a major topic and people are like, okay, what are you talking, like a stock split? Yeah. Mm, sort of kind of, <laughs> yeah. has to do with hash power and, you know, you kind of get into all that. Um, yeah. So the, 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 the running theme with coin Fugazi is no one understands crypto. So the latest Bitcoin cash kerfuffle is really, mm, I guess emblematic of, of that tagline. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, as soon as you could find it a few months ago, people were saying, you oh, know, Bitcoin cash is, is ready for a breakout. And, you know, these are major influencers who supposedly have, you know, hundreds of, if not hundreds of millions of dollars tied up. Um, and so they wield great power and influence. And then developers are saying, Oh, we're, we're developing this, this widget or this, this gizmo. And it's gonna, it's gonna set the world on fire and this privacy and all well, it turns out there was a little fork in that road, not to be, uh, not to use too much of a pun, but uh, yeah. it turns out that other people had other ideas. And I, this, this is a, a pattern that repeats itself over and over and over again. It doesn't matter the project. It yeah. doesn't matter the personalities involved. It You're just right. happens over and over and over again. You get somebody you think, that guy or gal really understands what's going on. And however your you know, cognitive bias works out, Usually price, unfortunately, is, is what people kind of look to as sort of the, the standard for what's uh, for, for, you know, price calls. But, you know, if the price is going up, you're a genius. And if it's going down, you're a fool mm -hmm. uh, is generally the way it goes. But um, it's also <clears throat> a somewhat objective metric where we can all follow. So if 
this dude is saying based on these innovations and this, this, you know, it's going to cause the market to, you know, skyrocket by <clears throat> X percent. And you find that that exactly did not happen at the very least you can go, got to take that guy with a grain of salt. <laughs> right. Uh, but then also on the subject of splits and on the subject of where the currency is going and uh, the importance of community. I mean, these are some brilliant, brilliant people and um, they're socially inept. Um, they <laughs> don't know how to deal with one another. Uh, someone said uh, emotional IQ recently. And I thought that was a, a brilliant take. Um, they don't understand how to talk to one another. Um, and some people say that's just part of being an engineer. Um, I've heard that many, many times people say, well, the engineers are always impossible to deal with. Uh, but in the private sector, engineers don't normally run the project. It's the investor, right? It's the, it's whoever brings in the capital and they, they sort of say, okay, they, they, an engineer is a tool. So you rely on their expertise, but in some aspects of crypto, we flip that. So that the engineers, um, and again, going back to my, my restaurant experience, um, I have a, so in, in restaurants, there's a, um, kind of an arbitrary, but fairly people buy into this divide between the front of the house, which are usually your hot chicks, um, and very good looking young males who uh, prance <laughs> around, deliver the food to the, to the customer, the, uh, the guests. Right. And, and then the, and the, the gnarly back of the house. <laughs> uh, where all the action happens right <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. where you know things go down so uh there are a couple of people there, there are different types of personalities who look at that scenario and they go well this side of the house is the real heart and soul of the restaurant mm -hmm. and if i said that out loud and i was standing in the middle of those two those two groups each one would nod mm -hmm. because they think i was talking about them mm -hmm. um that's a, that's the perfect way to look at where lots of problems in cryptocurrency are now. People see the engineers, the cooks, as having too much power. And then other people think, well, geez, I mean, they, they do make the food, right? So, like, shouldn't they be paid more? Whereas the influencers, the marketers, um, in some cases, the speculators, investors, they have all the dough. So, the, the wait staff would go home at night. Uh, mixing a whole bunch of metaphors now or analogies um, would go home at night with, you know, three, $400 in their pocket. And the line cook would go home with, you know, $150. And people would say, well, he did all the work and yet this, but on the other hand, you can't, the, the guy can't cook the food and deliver it at the same time. So there's that interplay and all of this is at work in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin cash is, is, uh, is living out um, so many different experiments uh, from proof of work um, to proof of stake ideas, um, social media brigading. Um, oh yeah. Big, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right where it's like the programmer or the developer or the engineer is kind of front and center. And that seems like it's the case in a lot of tech in general, not just cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, especially, but you know, with tech, I mean, look at Zuckerberg is, is a huge example of it, right? Like, I mean, he was the brains behind Facebook and now he's also the pub publicized robot in front of Facebook. No offense to Mark Zuckerberg, but you know, right. the thing that everybody says he's like robotic, but yeah. So in tech in general, the developer, the engineer, or the, the brains are usually also the public 
face of that cryptocurrency. But in, in terms of um, factions, you're right. I mean, like on, on Twitter, you always see there's, there's somebody that's so loyal to a certain cryptocurrency. And actually, we're going to start having some people on that are very loyal to a specific cryptocurrency. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna be very interested to see like, okay, why did you become so loyal to this cryptocurrency? What made you so loyal to this random cryptocurrency that you are warring with other cryptocurrencies. I mean, oh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, I mean, I guess you can, I guess there's an understandable beef there, but I guess you would know more about that than I would. But these these beefs and these factions, they seem kind of silly outwardly. You know what I mean? And they seem a little bit ridiculous yeah. outwardly, but I'm sure they have some validity to them. I just I'm just not seeing it personally until I start talking to people, I guess. Yeah, and I think as someone who has a background in psychology, you're going to love that aspect <laughs> of your show. It, uh, You'll just never, ever run out of stuff to talk about. Um, you'll find people. So uh, just a quick anecdote. I'm doing my coin spy stuff, and there's a, uh, I'll just say she's a female attorney of some note in the cryptocurrency space. And Is it the Legally uh, Blonde? We- Girl, not that's, not going to go movie. any further than that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's uh, she's you know fairly prominent, and she has a nice following, and um, all the rest of it. We had a we had a, a very uh, uh, simpatico exchange on Twitter, I think. Um, and I invited her on to the Coin Spice podcast, which again is is seen as extremely partisan. Uh, geared more toward the currency side of cryptocurrency medium of exchange. Let's make this money for the world. The digital gold stuff is so much piffle. Um, The blockchain talk is all hype. Let's Mm. stay on the medium of exchange. So I thought it was just patently obvious that I'm that guy. We exchange, she sends her, her people send, you know, all all the usual stuff, you Mm. know, that goes on in the background, Uh, the calendar invite uh, her, her, administrative minions she has people lots of people mm-hmm. it's just me at mm-hmm. coinspice mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, back then but at, at with her it was you know minions so we're communicating and all of a sudden i get the strangest email from her and she goes so can you send me along your bio pictures and what topics you want to talk about she know, said that to you to me to me that's and very I like, strange <laughs> so, so i i emailed back i'm like no no, no. i'm uh I'm uh, I'm having you as a guest on the podcast. I'm so self-absorbed that I would send her that stuff. I wouldn't even question. <laughs> like, here's Just, my picture. Here's my here's my degree information. Here's everything about me. <laughs> and by the way, you're not the first to ask. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I was like, wait a second. So I immediately zapped her back, and she goes, "Wait, who are you?" And I explain, Coin Spice, and I think she just did a. You know, a basic, <laughs> she brought it up in a window and saw, she's like, oh, you're one of those Bitcoin cash people. And that was the end of our conversation. So you're going to find this um, as you go on. Why did you give a platform to X? And you're going to be like, wait, what? Same reason I gave a platform to you. Well, you yeah, shouldn't give I, a I am a pretty agnostic when it comes to cryptocurrency. I, I do have a pretty agnostic view. I just am one of the, you know, I enjoy everything crypto. Let's get mainstream adoption. I'm not loyal to any one coin. I can see the pros and cons and I want to learn about the pros and cons of each. I mean, there's so much to say you're an expert in all things crypto. And this goes back to the article that you wrote about nobody understands crypto. I would say nobody for sure understands every facet of crypto. I mean, there's so much to, there's, there's many cryptocurrencies, there's blockchain technology. There's just so much to know. Yeah. And I think staying humble is very important. 
in in this uh, like kind of you know listening and trying to absorb knowledge and i i i don't want to be mushy i mean i am a partisan i i do believe a lot in the medium of exchange meme but to the point where i want to lose friends over it or you know uh, you asked uh, kind of in passing why people are so attached to coins and so on it just mm-hmm. seems ridiculous uh, for all the re- again they're just mapping on they, they they bring into the cryptocurrency world all the ills of the um, meat space world right in, in real life world um, none of that changes at all it all gets dragged in and um, they they get attached because there are sub communities subcultures um, a lot of these guys are online um, you know 24 hours a day it's their lifestyle it's um, it's who they are. And then of course, when there's money involved, <laughs> right. uh, that changes the equation. So someone just what we call S posting online and talking <laughs> crap about your, your coin. Hey, you can swear. No, you can swear here. It's cool. You can say, okay. shit. You can say shit post. <laughs> Boom. When they're shit posting online <laughs> and they're talking, uh, you know, some major crap about your project, it's not only the psychological aspect that, that sort of deep id, you identify yourself with and you bring on all your your personal baggage your your philosophies your cranky libertarianism but also now they're affecting your your pocketbook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we, we we got some trouble there right that makes so sense. you're gonna yeah yeah so it, there's there's a lot of what i i say is live ammunition a lot of these guys are playing with you know big bucks and then when you look in the bitcoin cash world in particular it becomes kind of sad because the meme for Bitcoin Cash, the, the the sort of the 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 overarching umbrella idea for a while, and I think still remains, but is money for the world. And so people in South Sudan, people in Venezuela, you know, cannot afford the two dollars that uh, people with BTC and and sort of you know dismiss. Out of, oh, who cares about a five dollar transaction fee? Well, if you're trying to move two dollars, you care a lot. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and so when you argue and when you, when these silly battles happen, it can impact people who are like literally trying to feed themselves on it. And so there's a lot at stake here and people get extremely upset um, when things are done in a manner that they find objectionable. Whereas in, in real life, you may be a little bit more diplomatic. Uh, There's the whole psychology of being online stuff that your, your listeners are more than familiar with. Uh, that allows for a certain kind of keyboard bravery, but it all sort of mixes in a, a, a melange that uh, that leads Bitcoin Cash to where it is presently, which uh, is, is scaring a lot of people. Let me ask you this about Bitcoin Cash, since you seem to be um, pretty well versed in it. Um, as I said, I'm pretty agnostic when it comes to coins. I just go with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I got into this with capital gains and stuff like this, so I looked at it more from the taxation perspective. Oh. Um, but in terms of, of Bitcoin Cash, there was the fork and there's Bitcoin Cash ABC and Bitcoin Cash SV. And I also know Bitcoin Cash SV, Satoshi's vision, was spearheaded or by Craig Wright. Yeah. And he's not super popular in the crypto world. I mean, generally is what I see, right? I mean, he's, he, he claims he was Satoshi. He's not, um, he's not super popular generally, right? I mean, is that right. fair? Yeah, there was just to give you uh, uh, what uh, he's thought of on, on the CoinSpy side. Uh, we literally refused to write about him. <laughs> we wouldn't even say BSV. 
Jeez. we just didn't want it just didn't want to give it any any <laughs> so, these were huge stories sal yeah because like, a journalist killed me like he had yeah. lawsuits going on um all sorts of stuff and i i just they just said no let's not cover that wow that's wild that that's very wild yeah i've done a few um you know, because we do the uh, cryptocurrency informer, we do some uh, news type episodes each week, and and I've done a few episodes about the um, the lawsuits that he's involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But the reason I brought this up was I was basically going to ask, and I mean, you pretty much answered it, but I was going to ask which one is considered the more um, legitimate Bitcoin Cash fork, and I guess that answer would be uh, BCHABC, right? Bitcoin Cash ABC is just yeah, yeah, at the moment. You know, and if it if ABC splits, uh, um, which it's it's looking more and more like that might be the case, and people get upset at me for even saying that. By the way, hmm. uh, and I'm just a messenger. I'm not advocating for anything. Some people hear this and go, "Oh, he's he's bought into X tribe or whatever." Um, no, I'm just passing along where where the community seems to be headed. That splits again. It could potentially be an opening for BSV to. Uh, leapfrog um, uh, Bitcoin cash in terms of market cap and so on. Interesting. Um, so that's interesting, but uh, yeah, it, it's the cult of personality um, aspect too is, is it, and we were talking about the psychology and, and why people are so attached, um, you know, dip your toes in the BSV ecosystem. Now, again, I'm, just for your listeners, I cannot stand. So all this like, you know, I'm above it all, and I'm just so you know. I can see the forest for the trees, and this guy Kelso, he's he's very he's very philosophical. No, no, I'm just a tribals. The next guy, I cannot stand Craig Wright. I cannot stand BSV, <laughs> but so be that as it may, dip your toe in that community, and ask them about Craig Wright, and there'll be the instant you you, you start to see a a, a template. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. It should hold on its own and to, to judge the tech and you know, all this stuff. And then, then scratch a little bit more. And you'll get that there's some prominent people in there. And I'm not putting any stink on this, I promise you, that believe he's the second coming. And I'm, I'm not. I am not. <laughs> it sounds stupid to even say it. I can't believe I'm having this conversation. But um, that's interesting. No, it's great to hear they, this. They, uh, you know, from somebody that's been kind of like embedded into it, it is very interesting to hear about it from only reading about it and reading opinions on, you know, mm-hmm. the, the general news, uh, crypto news outlets. And just, it's always been, Craig Wright's always been mentioned with kind of a negative skew. And some of the stuff that you, you know, you see him saying all the time, hey, I'm Satoshi. And people are saying, no, dude, you're definitely not Satoshi. Nothing you claim about being Satoshi is true. It, you know, here, here's a thing you said you had, you said you had access to these addresses. This is bullshit. We just called you out on it. So like everything is heavily skewed negatively toward him. Um, uh, my question is if he turned out to be Satoshi, right? Where like, if people are saying he's like the second coming, I'm assuming they're saying he's the second coming because they, they believe that he's Satoshi Nakamoto, mm-hmm. right? Like that would be why they would say he's the second coming presumably, or do they just think he's a genius? otherwise as well i think all of the all above the and there was a, yeah. a fellow who um who became quite prominent is quite prominent in bsv circles um who basically asked craig wright unironically so this is all on youtube don't don't get mad at me i i i, I don't want to say who it is because I, it sounds like i'm throwing people under the bus here and i i swear i'm not he said he asked craig wright are you jesus 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Oh man, that's like hardcore fanboy right now. Now, if if it was just some dude, if it was some dude, I'd be like, look, there are a lot of nutty people in the world. This is a BSV thought leader right now, right hmm. now, who routinely records with Craig Wright, who had a, you know, just had this, had this, this is the thought leader, by the way, saying this, not Kelso, all right? I was walking down the street and it just had this epiphany and I walked in church and began crying because it all came to, I, I swear to you, all of this is all mainstream stuff. I'll send you the links after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like um, a troll almost, but that's uh, sometimes yeah. the distinction between trolling and not trolling is just too, it's too yeah, hard to yeah. tell. I, I always get sucked into Craig Wright conversations. <laughs> um, so it doesn't matter whether he is. Um, I, I think there's, he was definitely early in some cases. Is he a smart guy? Uh, yeah, it appears so. Um, is he Satoshi? My, my guess is no. But I don't think Satoshi was like one person. Right. Uh, I believe it was crew. We, that's a whole other conversation. Right. But, and, and, you um, know, well, honestly, I mean, dude, we've, we've been talking now for probably about 40 minutes, 35, 40 <laughs> minutes. And, I mean, I'm having a blast. You know, I guess this is what happens when you get two people that have had a podcast and, and have done this before. Right. Um, it's a really great conversation. And I, I feel like we got to have you back if you're free ever. We've got to have you back on to just – to just kind of shoot the shit about cryptocurrency in general. For sure. You have so much information and I really appreciate you sharing that. Why don't we end on a question here? Let's not get too into the weeds, but let's end on the question here. So we talked about you being the CEO of your new venture, which is Coin Fugazi or Fugazi, however you want to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> do you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, we've kind of talked about it a bit, but can you describe exactly what you're going for with that um, and why the, why the name in general? Yeah, I have a love for um, late 80s, early 90s, uh, punk rock, do, uh, DIY, U.S. culture, where uh, you lived outside of, of polite society and you did things on your own. And there was a D.C. punk band at the time named Fugazi, mm. uh, which was uh, taken from a, a book about Vietnam with, uh, where soldiers, I guess, routinely described themselves uh, in a Fugazi situation, which became an acronym for fucked up, got ambushed, zipped in. Hmm. And later it was turned into a Fugazi or Fugazi. Uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street has it's a Wazi, it's a Woozy, um, it's a fake. And then um, there's some other uh, movies that use it as well. Um, no one understands crypto. I want Coin Fugazi to be a place where people can go, take a deep breath, look at the situation and find a trusted source of documentation for crypto so that if, if, if I'm hosting a shill, if I've got a shill on, we're going to talk about their shill shilliness. Mm -hmm. If there's a um, controversy brewing, I want to take all sides. I want to talk to the people you shouldn't talk to. Uh, I want to ask the questions you shouldn't. I want to go into the camps that, you know, all of it. And to, to just begin with the basic premise, we're all sort of building the plane, uh, the plane rather, as we're flying it. And that's sort of the hope for Crypto Fugazi. It's, uh, I'm not sure if there's much of a market out there for it. People seem to want um, tribalism, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think there is a market. I mean, we're, we're kind of doing something similar here. I mean, I kind of feel 
the same way as to what you just said. And I do agree that you said we're building the plane while before we're flying or while we're flying it. I've been saying the past few episodes that I've done that we're still in the wild west of crypto. I think it's generally the same thing. Um, we're in the very early days. There were much earlier days, obviously, but we're in such a giant phenomenon, I guess. Uh, we're, we're really in the early days of it. There's so much unknown and there's so much going on. So I, I think there is a market for it. And um, I, I hope that it succeeds. I think it will succeed. I look forward to checking it out myself a little bit more. And I also look forward to talking to you more because I mean, you are clearly a great source of information. You have some really good stories and some really in-depth information. So I could just, I could ask you a million questions, man. So I really appreciate you indulging me. And I will say this one more thing. It's tough to, I, I myself, and I'm sure you understand this and have experienced this. It's tough to when you have somebody on, we've had people on that have products and that are CEOs of companies that I'm not shilling for. And I almost sometimes want to put a disclaimer in the beginning of an episode where I say, listen, I'm not shilling this person's product. They're just, a, you know, we're not getting paid for their product. They're just on my podcast. I want to learn more about the product that they're offering. And if what they're telling me sounds cool, I'm going to say it's cool. I'm going mm. to be respectful. But it's tough to not come off as shilly. Is when you mentioned that, I just thought that resonated with me because it is hard to not come off as shilly or to be honest about uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's damn near uh, impossible. Uh, Coin Spice tried it. Uh, it was a passion project funded by uh, people deeply uh, rooted in the the medium of exchange idea, and uh, Coin Fugazi takes that, but a little less tribal. Uh, but with similar, you know, notions of integrity, uh, we'll see. We'll see if it uh, if it pans out, and and if there's, uh, like you say, we're early days in some cases, uh, and certainly media consumption inside of crypto is still very immature, and um, they're not they're not used to having a reporter ask them questions that challenge their basic assumptions, and so you get a lot of pushback and. Um, it's, it's, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting time to be in Bitcoin and crypto in general, and an interesting time to be doing media, uh, for sure. Yeah. Especially when it, uh, starts getting even more mainstream. I mean, if, you know, it got so mainstream because of the big bull run back in the end of 2017, it became so mainstream. And like you said, there were companies that were like, just, just shelling out cash for cryptocurrency related companies. And so it'll be interesting to see where everything goes in the next few years. I mean, Bitcoin's remain steady for, I always say Bitcoin, obviously it's kind of the main coin that everybody really knows about. And the rest of the cryptocurrencies are, as far as I understand, are generally affected by the success or failure of Bitcoin. Well, without a doubt. If you look at speculative markets, uh, BTC, as it goes, so does the rest of the market. There are notable exceptions, but, uh, the general rule is it sort of takes us along with it. It's sort of, it's like when people go into a restaurant and they say, just give me a Coke. And the person gives them a Coke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, right, yeah. everybody, you ask for a tissue when you're, you know, it's an actual name brand. Of course. Yeah. And that's great. That's a really great uh, analogy right there. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. And so that's what the mainstream knows too, right? Like just, they know Bitcoin. Yep. You know, even somebody might be more familiar with the term Bitcoin than they are cryptocurrency. Oh, without a doubt. Which is which is kind of wild when you think about it, but because, you know, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. So it's very, you know, just thinking about this interesting. Anyway, I, hey, Kelso, I appreciate you ha uh, coming on today, spending some time with me, chatting my ear off. I really appreciate that. Great information. What a blast I had talking to you. Um, I wish you much success. I hope that Coin Fugazi uh, 
gets lots of viewers, lots of readers, and that uh, we can have you back on soon and, and talk about the, the success. Too kind, Sal. Too kind. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed it. What a hoot. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me on. No problem. And, and honest to God, I really hope that uh, you can find some time in the you know, next month or so. We'll, we'll chat again. Yeah, uh, you've got a standing, uh, you know, kind of open green light. Just, just let me know when you need me and uh, I'm there. Likewise to you then, man. Very cool.